Hello, and welcome to PrimeMed's News and Updates podcast. This series is intended to provide clinicians with the latest updates in primary care. Topics covered in today's episode include fulminant myocarditis management, HIV-positive patients and smallpox vaccines, and active lifestyle-slowing dementia. Guidance Issued for Management of Fulminant Myocarditis In a scientific statement from the American Heart Association published online January 6th in Circulation, considerations are presented for the recognition and initial management of fulminant myocarditis. Noting that fulminant myocarditis can develop quickly and prove fatal without early recognition and advanced medical therapy, Rob D. Kosial from the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston and colleagues outlined the resources necessary to manage fulminant myocarditis. The authors noted that the main features of fulminant myocarditis include rapidly progressive heart failure and cardiogenic shock, as well as electric instability and can result in sudden death. To distinguish fulminant myocarditis from other forms of acute circulatory compromise, early evaluation and management are important. Early recognition, usually guided by endomyocardial biopsy, is necessary for individualized management strategies that provide the optimal chance for recovery. To ensure that full circulatory support can be implemented to prevent multi-organ system failure, the diagnosis should be made rapidly with a high index of suspicion. Fulminant myocarditis patients are typically younger and healthier, present with atypical manifestations of myocardial ischemia and organ system failure, and often present late or are recognized late. Recognizing these patients and initiating diagnostic and therapeutic treatment in a timely manner should be a metric that is followed. These are not guideline-based recommendations because the evidence to date is not strong enough to reach the rigor required to be classified as guidelines, the authors write, Rather, these are considerations for the clinician to review that are based on our expert experience. Several authors disclosed financial ties to the pharmaceutical industry. HIV-positive patients lose immunity to smallpox despite vaccination. HIV-infected patients lose immunity to smallpox despite childhood vaccination and immune reconstitution with antiretroviral therapy, according to a study published online December 23rd in the Journal of Infectious Diseases. Arcana Thomas from the Oregon Health and Science University in Beaverton and colleagues conducted a matched cohort study involving 50 pairs of HIV-positive and HIV-negative women. To measure T-cells elicited after childhood smallpox vaccination, total memory T-cell responses were measured after anti-CD3 stimulation or after vaccinia virus stimulation. Vaccinia-specific antibodies were measured. The researchers found that after anti-CD3 stimulation, there was no difference between HIV-positive and HIV-negative individuals in terms of CD4-positive responses, although significantly higher T-cell responses were seen among HIV-positive individuals. In contrast, among HIV-positive individuals, there was a significant loss in vaccinia-specific CD4-positive T-cell memory, while antiviral CD8-positive T-cell memory remained intact. 
Among HIV-negative individuals, vaccinia-specific antibodies were maintained indefinitely, half-life infinity, but among HIV-positive individuals, they declined rapidly, half-life 39 years. These data suggest that despite successful use of antiretroviral therapy, HIV infection is associated with a significant loss in virus-specific CD4-positive T-cell memory and antiviral antibody responses that may leave a sizable proportion of HIV-positive people at increased risk for virus-associated disease manifestations, the authors write. Active lifestyle may slow familial frontotemporal dementia. A physically and mentally active lifestyle may protect against frontotemporal dementia, even in people at established genetic risk, according to a study published in the January issue of Alzheimer's and Dementia. Caitlin B. Casalato from the University of California in San Francisco and colleagues evaluated for the first time how physical and cognitive activities relate to brain health in autosomal dominant frontotemporal lobar degeneration. The analysis included 105 mutation carriers, C9ORF72-MAPT-GRN, and 69 non-carriers who completed longitudinal neurobehavioral assessments and brain magnetic resonance imaging. The researchers found that greater physical and cognitive activities were each associated with an estimated greater than 55% slower clinical decline per year among dominant gene carriers. In mutation carriers, there was an interaction noted between leisure activities and the relationship between frontotemporal atrophy and cognition. Compared with less active peers with comparable atrophy rates, high-activity carriers with frontotemporal atrophy had more than twofold better cognitive performances per year. We can see that lifestyle differences impact people's resilience to frontotemporal lobar degeneration despite very penetrant genetics. So now we can start to ask more fundamental questions, like how these behaviors actually affect the brain's biology to confer that resilience, Casalato said in a statement. Is that biological effect something we could replicate pharmacologically to help slow the progression of this terrible disease for everyone? Several authors disclosed financial ties to the pharmaceutical and biotechnology industries. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your hosts have been PrimeMed Digital's Lee Tatro and Kevin Foley. News content provided by Health Day. All rights reserved. See you next time.